back in four instead of 12. I got half a career coming in. I can't. You know what your problem is? I can think of a couple of women be happy to tell you. 8.30? We said 8 o'clock. Hello, Dad. Hello, Rachel. We'll be back by 9.30 on Sunday. Bob says you got a report due on Monday. What do you know, right? Everything. Rachel, want to see something cool? Lightning doesn't strike twice. You believe this, Ray? Every single car? Oh, I've never seen that many strikes of lightning in one spot. You hear that? There's something down there, and it's moving. Hello, Trent. Hello, Parth. Nice to see you. You're looking well. Emma, I'm glad to hear it. It's good to be podcasting again. Yeah, it is good to can't, be podcasting again. Can't stay again. away. They can't keep us keep us away. No. Um, but I was wondering something. If you don't mind me asking, please. Uh, what what have you been eating most recently? <clears throat> I had a reheated half of a half of a Jersey Mike's sub. Um, and then I had a Toblerone that I got from Walmart, and I usually pay a lot at, like, Krausers, like, 4 or $5 for a Toblerone, but at Walmart, and I'm not proud to, uh, to promote the Walden Corporation, but I just had to grow some Trent, I just want to say, right now it is time to be real, so I will be <laughs> taking the be real. <laughs> You're capturing me in my realest, most raw moment where talking about walmart but i stole something if that makes it any better i stole a lego minifigure that was five dollars and uh i put it on my dashboard Uh, so even though i gave them 70 of my my dollars i'm glad i could take five from them so that's cool it evens out but it didn't make the it didn't make the thing by the door go buzz buzz i didn't think it it cost enough money uh what about you um, I had a Sour Patch Kid, um, that... Which, which flavor? I mean, all the are, flavors, are but Are they sour I, sweet and now are they gone? Yeah, now they're gone. In my belly! Wow. <laughs> um, anyways, um, we have an episode, Trent. Yeah, no, that's for sure. It's the end of something. It's... Well, it's not only the end of the introduction, but it's the end of... The season of giving, and it's the end of Cruzapalooza. Yeah, so I think maybe we should just cue right into the intro. Do you want me to go? You want me to try Parth? Wow, Trent, big man. Sure. Uh, welcome back to Craft Services, where we talk about the movies each week. We interview. We have a. We talk about a film, and hopefully, have a crew member of the film to talk. There we go. About That's more fucking boys. I I I had a I hiccuped on the back, and hopefully, uh, I, I lost my momentum. Uh, talk just about just start over. Just oh. start over. This one. Welcome back to Craft Services, where we talk about the movies each week. We talk about a film, and hopefully have a crew member of the film to talk with us about their experience working on the picture. Uh, last week, who did we have? Well, over the past two weeks, two-parter. We had storyboard artist David Lowry. Not that David not, Lowry. Not, not that David Lowry. But How many times super- do you think we've made that joke? I'm, well, I, I mean, I guess it's not a joke, but... I mean, At least true, three, but. since this is the third time us talking about it. But um, still <laughs> a super cool man named David Lowry who works in the film industry. It's but true. Not, not the director of The Green Knight. For and he, he had a bunch of cool stories. Um, Spielberg, 
feel like a little like a little Sammy. This is our um, first official covering of a Spielberg movie disregarding Jaws Summer, which was sort of a yeah, work, I guess a that's workaround true. Just for us, we've to never have, had have fun in the sun. We've never had an interview for a Spielberg movie, I guess. Until now. Until now. Um, but yeah, uh, go listen Until to those two. Now. It's a two-parter, and at the end of the second episode, uh, David Lowry explains how Tom Cruise gives him hope for humanity, guys. Hope for humanity. Hope for humanity. Habitat for humanity. Anyways, um, but we're not here to talk about our interview with David Lowry, wonderful as it was. We're here to discuss a certain film that he worked on. Mm. Trent? Oh, is it Steven Spielberg's 2005 film, War of the Worlds, starring Tom Cruise? It is that film indeed. And the thing about films that I find very predictable, but just sort of safe, is that no matter what, IMDb will have a synopsis for them. But the thing that I find even more predictable and even more safe about is that we will try to have a 10-word synopsis. Yep. Uh, Whose turn do you think it is? I don't think it's mine. I I think it's mine. Okay. Alien Invasion... Tom, wait, if I say TC, is that one word? Can that... You can just use his character name, Ray. Oh, sorry. R- right, Ray Farrier. My bad. Sorry, I'm, um, so, in ca- I'm so in character, because he's so in character. Okay. Alien invasion happens. Ray takes kids to safety in Boston. So is this Ray, you speak of Ray Skywalker? Like somehow from the, from the skywalker saga somehow wouldn't that be interesting the tripods returned um trent um do you want to know the real synopsis of the movie oh sure yeah the real synopsis is an alien invasion threatens the future of humanity the catastrophic nightmare is depicted through the eyes of one american family fighting for survival yeah Sounds sure I mean, right? I, yeah i mean i like mine better but anyways yeah yeah in the 10 minutes of behind the scenes featurette i watched uh, they were like every alien movie is like very big and is like the government like moving stuff around on a big map and so they were like let's just do it all through one family apparently that's how the book was sounds pretty cool to me it's a good book ha- have you read it I this was I read it want uh, to. I read it a long time ago it's very different obviously but um it is wasn't pretty cool. it written in like the 1800s it or was like 1898 like that's uh Pretty insane that it holds up. Yeah. You know Brave New World? Do you read that? I don't think I have, actually. Um, there's a period of my life book. when I was, like, 7 to, a like, 11. Reader? Well, not just, like, I liked reading sci-fi um, oh. stuff. That I, yeah. But um, what I like well, is good hearing to know the budget you, and box office. It's good to know what you were reading between ages 7 and 11 is only appealing to me now. But, yes, yeah, speaking of um, the box office... Um, is one hundred and thirty-two million dollars? Well, that's the budget, and the box office is six hundred and three point nine. You didn't put million, so I can assume it's just six hundred and three total dollars. Yeah, um, it it is one of the biggest flops in cinematic history. Strangely enough, Jackson Clark, friend of the show, five-time guest, Velvet Robe owner, um, asked earlier what is that true? Episode, no, as in. He deserves like a golden robe or whatever the SNL oh, oh, thing oh. is for being a five timer on our show. Um, but he, when he learned we were doing War of the Worlds, he said that used to be my favorite movie as a kid. That's interesting. Um, that somehow does and doesn't shock me. I feel like Ooh, I remember uh, Jackson Clark being scared by scary uh, movies as a child. A core memory for me is when I was 12 at the Universal Studios Backlot Tour and, uh, at the psycho oh, did you house. see the? No. Well, yeah, at the psycho house, Norman Bates comes outside and then he puts a body in the back of a car and then he like runs at the trolley and right where I was seated, he like ran right at me and it was pretty <coughs> scary. And then you round the corner and then it's War of the Worlds mm. and uh, and now according to Ruth the Young, that's right where uh, the nope nope, nope stuff, stuff is. is. Yeah, pretty awesome. Yep, pretty um, awesome. But what else is pretty awesome is the production history of this movie, which I have here and I could read, but I mean, it's only if you wanted me to. I want I want it. Give it to me. Okay. So after collaborating with each other on Minority Report, Steven Spielberg and Tom Cruise were interested in working together again. 
Cruz met with Spielberg during the filming of Spielberg's Catch Me If You Can and gave three options of films that they could create together, with one of them being an adaptation of War of the Worlds. Spielberg chose War of the Worlds saying, quote, We looked at each other and the lights went on. As soon as I heard it, I said, oh my god, War of the Worlds, absolutely, that was it. Spielberg was intent on telling a contemporary story with producer Kathleen Kennedy stating that the story was created as a fantasy but depicted in a hyper-realistic way. Spielberg said, quote, For the first time in my life, I'm making an alien picture where there is no love and no attempt at communication. Spielberg and Cruz asked J.J. Abrams to write the script, but he had to turn it down because he was working on the pilot for Lost. Uh, Josh Friedman eventually delivered a screenplay, which was then completely rewritten by David Kep. Kep chose to follow a single protagonist on the periphery of the alien invasion as a way to avoid several cliches of other invasion films. And because Spielberg wanted the story... And because Spielberg wanted the character's story of survival to be the main focus as they would feature the American mindset of never giving up. How patriotic. Spielberg. Yeah, this movie is very not, post 9-11. Do you feel it? I, we will get into that. But they are, they are afraid of the terrorists. Alien terrorists? Question mark? What's that line in Spider-Man? You mess with him. You mess, you mess with one of us. You mess with all of us. Well, that yeah. is a moment in, in movie history in where, actu- where I actually love America. Well, also yeah. also written by David Kep, yeah? Um, yeah, actually, yeah. He, I mean, he helped on it. He didn't write, I'm pretty sure that Alvin Sargent wrote the majority of it. But yeah. a, a conversational through line nonetheless. Give it to me. Yeah. Bro. Uh, no, 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 no. Def- no, he, he did work on the movie and uh, wrote a script for Spider-Man 2, but was not used. Um it's time to die! Come on up here, dumb guy! I got a little something for you! Leave Spider-Man alone! You gonna pick on a guy trying to save a bunch of kids? Oh yeah, I got something for your ass! You mess with Spider, you mess with New York! You mess with one of us, you mess with all of us! So Spielberg was against the idea of aliens arriving in spaceships since every alien invasion since Alien Invasion movie had used such a vehicle, he then came up with the idea of the tripods and them coming up from the ground, explaining that they were buried underground in the Earth long ago. Isn't it crazy how that newswoman is like, here, look at the look at look at the footage I shot. You can see the aliens going in. Yeah, no, it, well, I, I, everything else about it, I'm super down with. But yeah, I, I thought about it this time around. I was like, that's that's pretty crazy. On um, Sony Z150 news camera. And we have Sony Z150s at our school, but... Um, well, I, I, I don't know if it's actually that. I saw that was roughly the style. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, they would not capture the alien invasion, let me just no. say. Um, so Spielberg had Miranda Otto in mind for the part of Marianne, but at the time he called her, she was pregnant, um, and she thought that she wouldn't be able to take the job, but then Spielberg decided to incorporate her pregnancy into the film and change the part for her. Filming took place in Virginia, Connecticut, New Jersey, California, and New York. The film, the film's uh, schedule lasted 73 days. So Spielberg intended originally for War of the Worlds to be shot after Munich, but Tom Cruise liked David Kep's script so much that he suggested that Spielberg postpone Munich um, and he would postpone Mission Impossible 3, which I believe was supposed to come out. Uh, in 2004, 2005 at the time. I thought I had earlier today, I was like, number one, I should watch it, Steven Spielberg's entire filmography. And I was like, no. And what inspired that was thinking about how I haven't seen Munich. And have you- I really want to see Munich. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe we could watch it together. Let's add it, let's just add it to our letterbox watch list and forget about it. Yeah. My mom's calling me, but I don't want to worry about it that right now. So most of Munich's crew was then brought in to work on War of the Worlds. Um, Pre-production only took place over three months, which is like half the amount of time normally allotted for a film of that size. Um, Spielberg said, quote, this is the first film I really tackled using the computer to animate all the storyboards, which Mm. seems untrue given that um, (laughs) we had a storyboard artist who said that he was working with pen and paper. But anyways, cool to lie. Um, yeah, lying he, but cool. but he did use uh, previs uh, pretty yes. extensively, um, which he decided to use after visiting his friend, or George, mm. George Lucas. Yep. Um, 
So in order to keep realism, though, uh, the use of CGI and blue screen was limited, with most of the digital effects being blended in with miniature and live-action footage. Uh, the scene depicting the first appearance of the tripods was filmed at the intersection of Ferry Street, Merchant Street, and Wilson Avenue in Newark, New Jersey. Mm. Used to work in New York. Um, principal photography began on November 8, 2004 and wrapped on March 7, 2005. Longtime Spielberg collaborator John Williams uh, composed the score, and this is the first time that he had to compose with an incomplete Spielberg film as only the first six reels uh, were ready for him to use as reference which was about 60 minutes um fun fact this is also the reason why um john williams did not score the last harry potter movie he was asked to but they wouldn't be able to give him the complete movie in time oh um war of the worlds premiered at the zigfield theater on june 23 2005 and it was there that tom cruise revealed his long-lasting relationship with katie holmes yeah, I won't. Uh, I, I would cover this in the fun facts, but I don't think it's there. But I think it said somewhere that Steven Spielberg was supposed to appear on Oprah with Tom Cruise to talk about War of the Worlds, and that was his famous couch jumping. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that. But think about if Steven Spielberg was there, how much he could have diffused the situation. They could have just talked about aliens, and yeah. Tom Cruise wouldn't need to reboot his career with Top Gun Maverick. Bum, 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 Whoa, I mean, Mission Impossible Fallout came before that, but all right. Um, anyways. Y'all are going to have to calm yourselves or you won't make it through the hour. I'm <laughs> because he's in the So, some fun facts. This reunites Tom Cruise with Tim Robbins after Top Gun, Speak of the Devil. Every time I watch this movie, I forget. I'm like, who? I'm like, what a crazy, what actor? Isn't is that his, crazy isn't guy his in the entrance shot, like, insane looking? Yeah. Tom Cruise really kills him, and then they just bail the next morning. <laughs> you yeah. know? <laughs> um, so, Bill Murray was the original choice for Harlan Ogilvy. Oh, wow, Speak of the Devil. But scheduling with The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou prevented him from accepting. Um, Tim I feel like I could so not sense. I could not take it seriously if it was Bill Murray. Yeah, that would feel out of place. Like, uh, I already kind of can't take it seriously. But anyways. Steven Spielberg began filming Munich the day this film opened and released it the same year. Wow, big baller shit. Um, the movie was shipped to some theaters under the title Uncle Sam and to others under the name Party in Fresno. Uh, Tom Cruise took two days off working on this film when he fell sick with the flu. <laughs> it's, that's it's, that that seems crazy. I don't think it, he's ever taken a day off. <laughs> that's funny. It must have been bad to take Tom uh, offset. He loves it. Yeah, his thetans were out of order. Uh, an actual out of use Boeing seven forty seven was bought to be used as the crash plane. Uh, as mentioned on the Universal Backlot Tour from my childhood. Uh, while filming nearby, Tom Cruise, along with 20-member entourage, including Steven Spielberg, visited Lexington. Virginia Dairy Queen crew saw a jar on the counter with a photo of Ashley Flint and her story. Flint had been in a go-car accident five months earlier, leaving her family with a mountain of hospital bills. Cruise put $5,000 into the jar. Parth, are you wow. moved? That is something. We've all been in a go-kart accident at one point or another. One thing I've noticed that always gets restaurants press coverage is when a celebrity leaves a big tip. So if we were to get an impersonator to pose as a celebrity and leave a $10,000 tip at Joe K's Deli, the real celebrity would never deny it was them because it makes them look so good. And Joe K's would instantly become the talk of the town. Okay. Uh, Steven Spielberg owns one of the last copies of the Orson Welles radio script, which he purchased at an auction. Spielberg wanted to make the film years ago, but decided decided against it when Independence Day was released. However, after, like you said, after he worked with Tom Cruise in Minority Port, it was time. Um, Dakota Fanning's character was voted most useless thing to have in an apocalypse by MTV. <laughs> oh my uh, god. <laughs> and like you mentioned, this has a 72-day shooting schedule, and this is the same amount of time Steven Spielberg shot Schindler's List and Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark in. So that's that's his lucky number. Nice. But it's crazy to think about all of these movies shot in any reasonable period of time. Um, Steven is a machine, I guess is how I'll put it. Yeah. Uh, do we want one-star reviews? It's time. I've, I've done myself the favor of not looking at them. 
Um, so the f- first one is from Amaz D, and it says, Too many flashing lights, terrible storyline. And the review reads, Too many flashing lights, terrible storyline. This seems to be a continuing, a reoccurring joke. Yeah. That, I guess, do people not understand, or are they just like, I've gone through the work I wonder the first thing, so I'm just going to copy well, and paste it. Sometimes I wonder if Amazon, if you don't put something in the, yeah. like if it autofills it, but I don't know. That know? would give me more hope for humanity because otherwise people, people are like, just, just really dumb. Just write like this is bad in the t- subject and then write whatever, however strongly you feel on the subject. Yeah. I don't know. Um, okay. So this one, um, it's by, yeah, good luck. A Mogensen? Sure. Worst movie ever produced. Uh, Worst movie ever made. I feel like it was two hours of my life wasted. And they spell wasted as in like your body waste and not as in choosing one star because negative stars isn't an option. And then they wrote negative 10 as if they would prefer to do negative 10 stars. Uh, So this is from Danny Y. And the title reads... Easy, customer-friendly directions with a few steps, which doesn't seem negative. Um, No, it doesn't sound like it's about the movie at all. (laughs) (laughs) I did not download to my smart TV, never got to watch it. I tried Maneuver, known to try to get it to work, finally gave up. So I'm just kind of confused as to what happened here. Um, I mean, I guess... I did not download to my... There's so many double negatives. It seems like, did he like download it, it to his smart TV I d- or not? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I can't tell if he wants to watch it or if this was a mistake. And also, like, I mean, I guess, I guess, like... No, he tried to maneuver to get it to work, but finally he gave up. So he wanted it. But then why is the title that it was easy to do with very few steps? <laughs> easy, customer-friendly directions with a few steps. Yeah, that's a... Yeah, what... Damn. That's like a very positive review. But now... You think it's go time? I think it's fucking it, go time. It's show time? It's show time. And Trent, do you want to see something I prepared that I have so rarely do? Sure. What is it notes? Uh, a pros and cons list? Read that. Whoa. War of the World's notes. Wait, can I just read the first one? Uh, Yeah, go ahead. It says, Clam Burglar Spongebob Robbie Took Your Car is Funny. Wait, can I just read a few more of these? Um. Alright, I understand if you want to save them. You can You can see the second one. You can read the second one. Don't see TC as a loser often. I mean, that's true. I wouldn't say he's a loser. He's, he's not Spielberg, a loser, but he, he is Steven like... Spielberg called him a deadbeat dad in, yeah. the, in, in the featurette. Which, interesting that chose, that TC chose to do that, given... But anyways, here, as he's like driving his car like a crazy person into his driveway and like drifting through red lights, I'm like, if I saw this guy out in the world, I'd be like, he sucks. But it's Tom Cruise. And so I'm just having so much fun. He like. He flashes that little smile at you. you Yeah, parts just smiled into the camera and immediately I'm overtaken. Yeah. And that's just my smile. That's not even the TC smile. So do you want to talk about what's working? I have a lot more to say. Um, yeah, uh, I'm also well, proud of you. I'm proud of you for writing notes. I just thank took you. a few mental, mostly in the first act, and then I was just sort of overwhelmed what, by aliens. When, when did you first see this movie? Um, like definitely before I was 12 or whatever, because I knew what was going on then. Um, but like as a kid, I probably watched it in my basement with my parents because they really like it. And my mom famously doesn't like Tom Cruise, but she loves Steven oh. Spielberg. And so she mm. but she's conflicted, but she really enjoys this movie. And so I feel like this was definitely one of those uh, cornerstones like, OK, like it's time. We're going to show this to you on a right. on, on a slow Friday night, um, because that's what you do when you have young kids. Um, but I remember really enjoying it as a kid. And then I also remember watching it on a plane. And then my mom was like, you shouldn't watch this movie on a plane because of the plane crash. And I was like, that didn't even cross my mind. But I, I guess you shouldn't watch you also a plane don't... crash movie on a plane. You don't see the plane crash. Yeah. You see the aftermath. And there are literally no dead bodies on that plane. 
It no. Like everyone just vanishes into clothes. Were, were you a passenger? <laughs> no, Tom Cruise. He was not. <sighs> so what do you got? What do you got there? What's working? Um, I think a lot in this is working. I, I, I we've talked about this uh, a, a few times before on other episodes, um, and. I maintain a lot of the opinions I had from the previous time that I watched it, but I think fundamentally Spielberg is too good at like putting a movie together Mm. to say that this is like, it's just too well made. You know what I mean? The, the camera work and uh, blocking is just so clean and good. And I think that the first maybe hour Mm. is almost perfect where's the cutoff point for you i think the cutoff point is when tim robbins enters the picture um i i I don't i don't maybe say earlier in their misadventures but tim i i i was reading letterbox reviews and people were commending like the first act and then they were saying that everything that happens in the basement is fucking stupid and then they were like and the ending voiceover sucks or maybe that's just one person speaking very loudly um i i think so i've said many times and i after watching this last time which by the way i have a 4k blu-ray of this and i finally used it that Um, must have been a treat it looks amazing it looks amazing um and people complaining about the look of this movie can shut the fuck up i fucking hate you well, um, and and you explained it to me because I just texted you and I was like, "This movie looks weird and contrasty." And then you explained the science of it, but that it's also the same thing that like Saving Private because it looks all like Saving Private Ryan and like Fight Club and Seven, who I guess all use the same technique. Bleach What's bypass, it? yeah, yeah. But it looks. I, I really like the look. Yes, so do I. Um, but I think that um, the first act um, and a lot of the second act is pretty spectacular. And I think the first act in particular has like the perfect balance of spectacle to like character stuff um, that just like completely works. And to me, it's definitely not as like, wow factor, but to, to me, the tripods coming up from the ground is like a similar level of awesome to like the Tyrannosaurus Rex, um, Right, coming the, after the, them in Jurassic the, Park. The slow reveal of information during It's that. just so... Because you, I watched that scene and I'm like, this is one scene that's been going on for like 20 minutes. And like, I, I don't mind at all. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just so well done. There's just so many moments in this where I'm just like... This is just like Steven Spielberg iconography. Like he... Like, I don't know. Just like the people like drifting by. Or I mean, he, the, the visuals. The, like, like you can't... Uh, no, I know, no. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was just like so much of this, like I, only he feels capable of coming up or not. No, he's the person who wrote it, but that he's the only person capable of being at the helm of something like so perfectly for four quadrant E like yeah. to be remembered for the next 50 years or something. Yeah. And and I uh, so. All right. Let, let, let's go through my list of notes. The old trusty list. Part, do um, you have any relationship with this movie as a boy? I didn't mean to, yeah, to um, cruise over your counterpoint. Oh, huh, interesting choice of words. Um, oh, nice. Da, da, da. Um, I saw that. this. I saw this when I was four in theaters. <laughs> Every time we do this, you're like, I saw it when I was 18 months old, <laughs> and I, and <laughs> well, I remember it entirely. With this one in particular, I was watching this, and my mom kind of dropped in when during the scene when the tripods were coming up from. The oh, ground. you mean when you were four, your mom dropped in? No, no, no. no. The, to, yesterday when I was oh. watching the movie. You got it. Um, and we were watching this and I was like, yeah, I, this is like one of my earliest, not just movies, theater memories, but like memories period. Cause I was four and we saw this in theaters and we were watching this and there's like, do you know what shot I'm talking about? Where it's like the woman and she's like sobbing and she's running away. And then she like, <gasps> like she like yeah. turns to dust. Wait, yeah, like, but she's the woman who Tom Cruise gets covered in. She's the dust. Yeah. yeah. I, I saw that shot and I was like how bizarre that I was allowed to see this at four and that I'm Mm. not, and my mom was like, maybe we weren't good parents. I don't, I don't know why we allowed this. Um, but I'm glad they did. Um, 
For if me, it, War of the I, I was probably shown it when I was like eleven, but that's not four. No. Um my relationship with it would be that because I saw it so young and the the shot of Tom Cruise um like walking kind of like Ooh, and the tripod going wah, wah, and then he's like ooh mm-hmm. um uh, the listeners a lot, no a lot of good I'm Tom saying. Cruise running in this movie a lot, a lot of, of running a lot Cruise of running, running into camera uh running to John Williams score like what can you what can you want more from yeah. a movie um but I remember that shot very vividly and so I always thought of it as like oh it's like kind of a scary but cool movie um you're not wrong and then I watched it a few years ago and I was sort of less wowed with it because of the second half um and then I watched it this time and I definitely enjoyed it a lot more I still have problems with it which we can get into later but I think it's such a viscerally entertaining movie that it would be difficult to not commend it you know yeah especially especially I mean we say this a lot now whenever we cover movies that came out in the early 2000s or mid 2000s um, especially when you consider the movies that come out now or like the disaster or alien movies that like I was watching with Jackson Clark a few days ago, friend of the show, five time guest velvet robe owner. Um, we saw moonfall or like mm. the majority of moonfall. And I was like, this is crap. This yep. is awful. And we used to get Steven Spielberg disaster movies. You know, there was yeah, a time dude, and place. This, this movie hasn't aged a day. It, I wish no. Steven Spielberg was still making. Well, I mean, I know he's. I, I'm dying to see the Fablemans, which I know is a very good. It's like, oh wait, you ha- you still haven't seen it? No, I want to. But really good. I, I'm sure we'll get a few more Steven Spielberg adventure actiony movies. His next yeah. his next he's movie a of- is a re- remake of Bullet, or or not. I don't know if it's a remake, but it but Bullet is just like a detective action type thing. So I'm. Um. But. I know you have always commented about the first act being the strongest, and I said off mic that even before the aliens are involved, I was, like, most engaged, having the most fun when Tom Cruise is just driving around and just, like... Being the, bad dad. The, and the plot is being laid for, uh... Yeah, no, for his, his bad dad scenario. Yeah. And um, him wearing the Yankees cap, I eat that up. I, lo- I, I love him wearing the Yankees cap and then Robbie wearing the fucking Boston cap. Yeah. And, and he's like, I, really? Another thing I noted is that uh, it, it, it reminded me of at the beginning of Back to the Future where Marty is like skateboarding around town and like just waving at everyone. And he's like, yeah. the man, he's the man about town. And Tom Cruise is like running while this crisis situation is happening. And he knows everyone. And he's and the mechanic is like, Tom Cruise, what's what, what's wrong? He's what's like, the freaking try- problem? And he's just- like, just try this one thing. And he's like, oh, it worked. And then Tom Cruise is the only person who understands cars. That and is so funny. To me, a mechanic. <laughs> that's so funny to me because they show that no cars in the entire like city work, and Tom Cruise is the only one that managed to fi- fix his car. And Holly from the office is here with a baby. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm always shocked whenever I see her in this movie. Um, I watch the first act of this very often, but then on like they say Tom Cruise is the only person who fixes his car. But then on the boat later, there's a bunch of people with their cars, you know? Well, because they haven't been hit by the alien yet, because they've traveled far enough. Oh, you're smart, Parth. Yeah, I'm um, a widow. But I agree, like, my thoughts were like, everything is interesting and new, and then you get into the basement, and then there are basically, th- like, I feel like there are three scenes in a row of just, like, a different sort of alien presence coming into the basement, looking around them, hiding and outsmarting it. And then it'll cut to like them to either. We're going to fight them. We're going to fucking fight them from the underground. Yeah. Also, all the people are storming away. Well, number one, Tom Cruise lets his 16-year-old son go off to war to literally explode a little bit too easily. But then everyone is running away, and then uh, Tim Robbins is like, come into the basement. And no one else of all those, like, hundreds or thousands of people is like, let's go into the one farmhouse here for protection rather than get eaten. Yeah. Um, So I guess if we want to talk about, do you mind if we get into things that are not working? 
for me. No, no, I, th- I think we've come to the same conclusion that, like, I mean, like, every, everything that's working is, is really working. So we, we, we can um, have some fun. So I have in my... I think I've, when I've talked about this before, I said that the movie doesn't need Robbie, and... Yeah, you said that he was, like, uh, Timothy Chalamet in Interstellar. Yeah. Which uh, I think it's, I, a, it's a similar condition where it could go without them, but they're definitely, like, a little bit too integral to just, like, take them out and the not plot change mechanics. the script. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I agree. And I think watching this, I don't actually have a problem with him being in the movie. I think I, my biggest problem is that I don't think that his character progression makes any sense. Um, I don't think Robbie wanting to join the military, I don't really get where that comes from, nor why... See, if the if if Tom Cruise's arc is that he's a deadbeat dad that doesn't really engage with his kids often enough, then why would it be like this amazing moment that he lets his teenager son go off to fight in a war? And he's like, you have to let me go. Yeah, and I'm like, but this doesn't mean anything. This has nothing to do with your character arc. Like how, like you're mad at your dad for not being around. So why would the emotional catharsis be that he lets you do what you want? He's always let you do what you want for the most part. So like that doesn't work for me. And I think that the movie as a whole, once you get past the fairy scene, kind of just feels like. A collection of scenes more than a coherent narrative really or like a collection of set pieces rather that are sort of tied together by the basic um idea of tom cruise needs to get his kids to safety and i think that there's some more depth that or honestly just some more character work that could have made more sense because i think that the movie kind of has an inconsistent worldview yeah all of the scenes i think of when i think of this movie are essentially in the first two acts and then once it yeah gets past the fairy part ignore the church bells i'm sort of just like waiting i'm like i know that they are gonna leave the farmhouse and then there's one scene of them walking around and then they rpg them and then there's us and then they go to boston and then it's ending monologue Uh, I'm sort of waiting for it to end at that point. It's also very post 9-11 in both ways that for me do work and don't work. Um, The ways like it being so sort of bleak and um, dark and gritty, like that's very post 9-11 and then being, is it the terrorists? Um, Like that's. I I actually think like the kids saying stuff like that is funny. But I'm like, that's good. I also have in my notes that this could almost work as a comedy. Um, just because so many of the times... No, Robbie, not from Europe. Anyways, I yeah. always think that's funny. Well, I mean, Steven Spielberg never has a movie with, like, no... No humor. ...comedic sensibility. But it's definitely, yeah. like... I feel like adult, it like adult geared humor and yes. just like the spectacle and the dinosaurs are for the kids. And then like all the dialogue is for the parents. Is but this I think auto erotica, you know, dress. Yeah. I, I, th- I think that like the problem I have with the movie is that, um, it's a little confused and a little muddled in what it's yeah, trying your letter, to say. Your letterbox review said something along these lines. I think it was like narratively and thematically confused. Yes. Something like that. Um, what I mean by that is that this it it presents like this really bleak world where like as once this alien invasion happens like people are like fighting each other like easily going to murder each other and all this yeah, stuff all the, of which I can get down with in the um, ra- in the rain with like the van and when the car yeah. gets taken that's like the that's a pretty low low and I'm like yeah. I could see humanity turning into something very similar to this in the near future yes. But then the problem is, is that the sort of like last big set piece of Tom Cruise sort of getting caught up in the tripod and then yeah. he's about to be sucked up and then everybody's like, come on, everybody, hang on. I and found it like, so funny that they let the guy before that just go. And then it's Tom Cruise and they're like, let's rally the troops. Um, but him and, spitting out the grenade clips. Is yes, so, it is. So it good. is. It is good. But it, I, I wish that meant something more because that's not. To me, that's not like a consistent world of like of, you know, that is not the world you've set up and nothing in the movie has shown a change 
that sort of justifies this act, if you know what I mean. Like, all well, we've the, seen... The girl just, like, screams... Or, the girl, Dakota Fanning, like, literally screams for no reason and then runs out of the house. And then she's outside for no reason, and then he goes outside for no reason, and then all this sort of happens... Well, he goes outside to find her. Well, I, I know... But I, I was just like, okay, they needed him to go outside to make this happen, and this yeah. is how they got him outside to make this happen. <laughs> Which is wh- why I'm like, this. F- it's more a collection of set pieces, where they're like, yeah. well, they're we like, need this to happen. How do we get from one set piece uh, uh, She screams. All uh, right, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it doesn't feel, like, character-based um, th- for the reasons why people are doing things. And, like, you, you compare this as a post-9-11 movie, which the, the people, like— no, we gotta hang on it. That's a very post nine. It's the same thing as like you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. Like that's the same fucking thing. But for me, in Spider Man, let's say, which we're gonna, I, I like if we were to compare it to, more. so what? But I think that that's consistent because the whole movie is about is Spider Man like does the city hate him? Does the city yeah, truly yeah, yeah. hate him? Is it worth being Spider Man if the city doesn't even care that he's Spider Man? That's a big like thing and sort of recurring thing throughout the movie. And so at the end of the movie, when they're like. We will help you, and they help him save him. It's a very clean, simple way to give a character arc and a narrative arc. Whereas here, it doesn't feel like that. All we've seen, and like Tom Cruise fucking murders Tim Robbins, which just feels like a crazy like. Like I'm okay with them going that dark, but they don't. They still want. They they try to have it both ways. Of the world is like bleak and dark, but also we have the nice happy ending. And I'm fine where, but where with Robbie's that. alive for literally no reason. For no reason. No and reason. He was, somehow if, managed to get to Boston. If there was going to be a calculated loss, it should be Robbie. That should be yeah. the tearjerker moment. We're home yeah. safe, but Robbie's dead. Because <laughs> <laughs> he exploded with all of those flaming trucks. And that I, are headed I, the wrong direction for no reason. <laughs> I think that it's... It's the primary flaw I have with the movie. Is that because it doesn't have a consistent worldview um that it sort of carries out throughout the entire movie that i can't fully engage with it and i can't really see these people as characters really beyond the sort of like stock tom cruise stock children characters that are like i hate you dad and then at the end they're like dad uh, robbie is angsty but I, i i i sort of enjoy and appreciate his angsty relationship with his father I, but know? I wish they did something with it. Yeah, like there, there is no satisfying conclusion to that relationship because they resolve nothing. Like I feel like it would have been better resolved, or if there was a scene, you know what I mean, where like, like the scene where he sings to Dakota Fanning. Like mm. I think that's a well done scene, mm. but ultimately, I'm sure that I'm sure that scene appeals appeals to your sensibilities. Mm. Mm. Um. But I don't think it it's sung to the wrong child. Like, Dakota Fanning does not have as much of a problem with him as Robbie does. So the, giving a scene where he's able to sort of connect with her is fine, but you needed that with him too. You don't get that with him, and that's why that kind of feels hollow to me. Mm. Um, <laughs> and It's so weird going through the third act of the movie and just like, well, Robbie's gone now. Yeah, he's, he's let him run over the hill and probably explode. But it's it's yeah. it's weird knowing he'll come back at and just keep. Isn't it so funny how the parents and the grandparents in Boston literally look like they're dressed like nothing fucking happened, yes. and it's like yes. they had a long weekend, and they're like, oh, and Tom Cruise has literally been to hell and back. Did you see like the grandpa's performance? Where he's like he walks through and he's like. <laughs> Like, he fucking knew this, like, Tom Cruise was going to be there? Like, why? Why does he give a nod? And, like, what is that? And also, Tom Cruise isn't, like, yelling, like, I'm home or something. They just come outside. Yeah. Yeah. They just come outside. Um, which, I guess the other big elephant in the room that I have to ask you about. Bacteria. Mm-hmm. How, How do you do feel, feel about, about it? That? Uh, my mom's a science teacher, so I feel like she really likes the idea of it. They came and they drank our water and they breathed the air. I can't do Morgan from Freeman that, justice. And from that moment, they were doomed. I like the idea of it. Do you? I like the idea of it. I feel like it's probably from the book. 
I think I'm pretty sure I read it a long time ago, but um, yeah, when you were seven to eleven years old, seven to eleven years old, older than when I saw the movie. Um, like I saw in the IMDb trivia that somebody had put that like the idea of that is sort of foreshadowed by Dakota, uh, not Dakota Johnson, Dakota Fanning having a splinter. And she's mm-hmm. like, when my body's ready, it'll just flush it out. Just flush it out. Um, and like, wow, that's, I, I didn't, I didn't see that at all. And I'm like, I think my main problem with it is that it, like a lot of the thing problem I have with the movie, it just kind of happens. Like it, it happens because it needs to happen for the movie to end. If you know what I mean? Like I would even be okay if there was like any scene, any possible scene where they could pause, like, I don't need an explanation necessarily, but for it to be set up but it's kind of like the tripods are super powerful and then they go to bed they wake up and well like, yeah and then it's and dying then, and then yeah and the roots well i think that is good foreshadowing but it's too it, like it's the but it's hell. and then immediately right after that they defeat them yeah you know what i well, mean I, I like the part where they're like they're acting all confused and they're walking in circles because I like the idea of the aliens being sick with like the common cold and yeah. act- and c- controlling their tripods. I I also like Tom Cruise being like the birds, the birds. Like that that's the way to communicate. That's what he's screaming when he needs to be like RPG it. Like mi- the shield is down. M- yeah. Use the missile, but he's like look at the, the birds. You're right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, I, I I'm kind of hating on this movie, but I I think. It is a mostly enjoyable movie that, like, for the last, like, 33% of it, I'm kind of like, this is stupid, but, okay. But a lot of really awesome things have happened to bring us to this But I can't, I can't be that mad, because even when it's stupid, like, I don't hate the basement stuff. Like, no, people really no. hate the basement stuff, but... No, every, I don't... every, like, if you give it time, like, st- like, he'll do something, like, clever. Like, it's essentially three... Or, like, two identical scenes in a row, and yet they're all kind of interesting and different yeah. somehow. Even though I, it's I, like, oh, yeah. I have one thought, though, about the basement. Um, oh. I don't like seeing the aliens. Um, oh. I think that they're way more threatening as the you tripods. They just, they just should have fallen out of the gas spillage at the end? Or not yeah. at all? Or, like, I, I think that, like, you could do, like, oh, you see the shadow. or Like, I, I just don't think you need to see them because they're yeah, not I, threatening to me. Yeah, they, they, like you know what? They look more like, you know, at end of end of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull where yeah. it's like, oh, my God, all this amazing stuff is happening. And then it goes into, like, an extreme close-up of the alien and it's, like, <laughs> like, smiling ever so slightly. It's just, it like, it looks dumb. Well, I agree that I was most creeped out when I just saw their shadows, like, creeping into the room. Exactly. And I'd be okay even if, like, you see their hand. But I just don't... I don't like that you, like, see them so, like, plainly. Like, it's just them. Um, And that's, to me, like, makes the second sequence... I'm cool with, like, the, like, tentacle, like, eye thing coming through. I'm like, that's cool. Um, But the other aliens coming in, I'm like, why? Why do we need this? But at the yeah. same time, it's shot so well, it's acted so well, it's scored so well. That it's like, it's frustrating, but I can't, I can't be so mad at it. You know what I mean? I'm not mad. I'm not mad at all. No. But I will say, um, the worst of the two Spielberg cruise collaborations, IMO. IMO. This is as in you like Minority Report more? Much better. I, I watched that for um, film club, film club, quarantine or quarantine. That was my first and only time seeing it. It's a very. I would recommend watching it again. It's a really good movie. Oh, that's the eyeball movie, yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, I re- I remember other things. There's like adult babies and like bathtub tubes, and they have like special mind powers. I'm sure you have I'm a way with words. Justice, yeah. yeah. Um. Is is look at your list and see if there's anything else, any other final conversation points. Um, I, I just want to reiterate uh, cl- the clambergular. Um, 
Uh, I I had a similar thought. I was like, any show, any movie can just cut to someone watching SpongeBob, and it oddly doesn't look weird or confuse no. the universe. It just makes sense. Um, I have here Robbie is a fucking idiot. That's one of my bullet points. What, what inspired that? I think. Wait, he lets Tom. He Tom Cruise lets him drive the car. That's sort of a moment. Yeah, but it's not like treated enough. Like a, no, you're, you're, you know what right, I mean. Yeah. I feel like the thing, the problem I have is that the things happen in it where I'm like, but that could have been something if you'd sort of like changed the order slightly or like made it more of a moment. But it seems like too in a rush to like get to the next set piece, which honestly I kind of am fine with as opposed to like if this movie was longer and had the same amount of character depth, I'd be like, I want it shorter. Yeah, This being sure less than two hour. hours is good. I was just gonna say it's an hour, 58 minutes, which is like feels like a miracle. Like, yeah, fifty six. But yeah, ha- given how much happens, um, I said I don't love the aliens design. More of a collection of set pieces than a story. Aliens get taken out in a dumb way. <laughs> oh, um, uh, this is in the plus side. Um, few movies do scale as well as this movie does in terms of, um, for example, Wait. when the tripods come up from the ground. Because it's done from sort of a subjective point of view um, and the lenses they're choosing and everything, the tripods seem so huge um, and, like, terrifying. I mean, I'd love to watch this movie in theaters again somehow. Um, I think the only other person that's been able to do anything sort of comparable is Gareth Edwards, who did Rogue One and Godzilla. And those are other two movies which sort of use a sort of similar way of making things feel big. Yeah, even I, it, like, struck, it took a long time to, like, cut to, like, an aerial shot of the tripod, but then I think when you did see it, it shows the scale of it over the city in an interesting way. And then, of course, in sci-fi movie fashion, there's the moment where Tom Cruise is like, there's more than one of these things? Yeah. Tom Cruise, yeah, there's more. It's not just the the Newark, New Jersey area that's under attack. Want to see me deal? Wait, I love that scene. I love that. I yeah. love I think it's it. great. I love Tom Cruise when he's stressed out and trying to parent. Food. Uh, bread. Okay, we're going to have... Uh... Let's get some sandwiches. See me deal? Huh? See me deal? Here we go. It's two for you. It's two for Robbie. It's two for me. One for the house. <laughs> Maybe after eat something, I'll go down and I'll show you guys, uh, teach you how to play some poker. A little five-card stud, maybe a little blackjack. I'm allergic to peanut butter. <laughs> Since when? Birth. Want to see me deal? I'm, aller- I- I'm allergic to peanut butter. My Since when? Life. Birth. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, I like. I like her, too. She go, I like her, but she, I feel like she's not given that much to do other than just besides like, be a little girl. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of why I'm like they could just combine because to me, what it seems like her combine use is Rob, combine the two kids into one kid because her only use is that she's going to get into trouble and Tom Cruise is going to have to save her, and that's fine. That's a fine function for kids to have in a movie, but then just give her the angst too, just make her angsty, and then. It's a much cleaner thing because right now it kind of feels like we're splitting the power of both characters. Um, you know what I mean? I don't know. Mm. Just my no, opinion. I, I, I'm buying what you're selling. Partial. I'm only buying part of what you're selling. Trent, I'm, I'm starting to hot. feel kind of warm. I, Me too. My skin! It's burning! This is this might be one of the few episodes that I actually listen to solely because I like the sound effect.
Oh, sound design. Sound design. So good in the movie. So good. I'm sure you... Do you just want 30 seconds to talk about sound design? All I can say is that I like I like that one. The alien sound is super cool. Um, Just that uh, Spielberg is really good at using sound design to sort of force your eye to look where he wants, I guess. Um, which is something that, like, the older I grow and the more I watch movies, I'm, like, impressed when movies can do that. Because um, a lot of times I think directors i mean i myself too i'm not like blaming people but it's sort of like this is what I, this is the shot and the shot is so focused on this part and the sound effects will be on that part like it's very like one piece of the frame is important and spielberg is really good at just sort of creating these frames with so much going on and so much movement and he's able to sort of focus it down using sound design um in a way that only the master could, you know? Yeah, he's the master. I'm looking at Tom Cruise's IMDb in the 2005 area, and it's just so, it's so interesting. He, like, doesn't do anything that's boring. Like, Parth- I really see... Do you see I the see appeal now? I, I, I was just going to say, I'm starting to see what's so appealing about this. <laughs> because let me just, just uh, take a ride with me. Take a ride with Gladly. me. Gladly. Aboard the Cruzapalooza. <laughs> Take a ride with me from 1996. Uh, starting with Mission Impossible, or in before that, inter- Interview with a Vampire, Mission Impossible, Jerry Maguire. Wait, start, Eyes, what's G- the movie right before Interview with a Vampire? The Firm. Oh, but before that is A Few Good Men. Yeah, there we go. Okay. And The Firm. The Firm, another good movie. Okay, Eyes Wide Shut, Magnolia, Mission Impossible 2, Vanilla Sky, Minority Report, Awesome Powers in Gold, in gold Member, awesome, The Last Samurai, Collateral, War of the Worlds, Mission Impossible 3, uh, Lions for Lambs, which I don't know what that is. That's Tropic that's Thunder. the Robert Redford movie. Um, that's like kind of boring. Tropic Thunder, awesome. Valkyrie, um, pretty good. Okay, yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stop I'm gonna stop there. But really, for he he just doesn't really make boring decisions. No, he does not. <laughs> <laughs> My mom would be pissed if she heard me talking about this. Yeah. But Parth. She did not raise you right. But I, I took did. A, I took a ride on the Cruzapalooza. And, and you never want to get off. And all I all I got was this t-shirt. Um, all right. We're in the ratings gauntlet. Uh, Wait, uh, you didn't even you... bring up the fact that Tom Cruise and Steven Spielberg stopped their creative collaboration because of him talking about Scientology too much. I thought that'd be, be oh. covered in the production <clears throat> history. Uh, yeah, I mean... Like, uh, allegedly what had happened was Tom Cruise had set up, um, like, little stalls where people could go learn about Scientology, and then... Oh, yeah, that, that seems to be overstepping. That combined with... But with that, I've never gotten a clear report on that, whether, like... I've never That's heard true. anybody from the crew say that. I've only heard that be said, like... From reporters, from places. So I'm like, yeah. I don't, I don't know how true that is, especially given that Cruz is generally, when it comes to work and Scientology, like He's he doesn't sort of separating work and play, church and state, kind of. You know what I mean? Like that's good. Generally, except for I do know that um, him making sort of a big hullabaloo over Scientology and Katie Holmes during the World War of the Worlds press tour. Uh, they're pretty sure that that hurt the box office returns. I'm not entirely sure how much it did, but people say it is, and people say that it hurt him and Spielberg's relationship. I again, I think that that's a little bit overstated. I'm sure it and, did, but and like, they seem to be high fiving a lot in the behind the scenes featurette. They, they're both yeah. cracking big smiles. And I and I also think that Cruz is also. By the end of after filming this movie, Cruz is in a very different stage of his career where he's no longer working with auteur people as much. He's more interested in working with directors that he can sort of be a bigger part of the creative process as opposed to the work he was doing pre this and in the 90s where he would just give himself up to a director and be like, I'll yeah, do whatever sort of you all, want. Oh, that is what I found so interesting why I listed his movies from the last... Because he's from, worked the, from he's the worked with the Francis 2000. Ford Coppola, Brian De Palma, Steven Spielberg, Martin Scorsese, Michael Mann, um, Sidney Pollack. Um, uh, I mean, that's an impressive list on its own. Stanley and then you, Kubrick? Did Stanley you Kubrick, no. Um, PTA. 
PTA. Um, these yeah, are I mean, men like, we're naming, but a these lot are of like this is like film people. which is what's interesting about him to me isn't I mean just to go a little bit into my cruise monologue, but like this is what's interesting to me about his filmography and the decision that he's made, decisions that he's made, and the decisions that he's making now, which is that. If you look at him as an actor, he's an actor that's always learning and he's learned from like most of the best directors working in Hollywood. Um, and he's applying the knowledge used in those movies to the movies where he has more creative control now. Um, and I think that's neat. Tom Cruise is in a movie called The Mummy in 2017. Yeah, it's not good. That and American Made back to back. That might be his coldest year. But, um, oh yeah, you're right. It, that is one of his not great years, but American Ro- Made. American Made is a very good movie. Oh, really? Rock of Ages feels like a weird choice. Tro- I haven't seen that. Have you? I have. Friend of the show, Kate Rotunda, actually, um, showed it to me. He's fun. And it's it- not a great movie, but he's fun in it. Yeah. Well, I'd say, is, is, that, is that the end of that? I think it's the end of that, and I think it's time we get into the ratings gauntlet. Trent, would you recommend this? Would you rewatch this? And what would you rate it? I've recommended it. I'd rewatch it. I've been doing it. Like, this is a movie that, like, I'll watch, like, every five years, and I'm pleasantly surprised at how much I still like it and the new elements that I find enjoyable. Um, so, and I gave it four stars because I was like, it's doing so much right, but it's not one of my new favorite movies, and it's not, like, something I would try to bring up in conversation to like try to sound interesting, but it's just like one of those like safe movies that you just like have a DVD of from like your parents' house and just like it's a banger if you need it to 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 be there. It's just sitting there waiting for you. It's an eight out of ten. Yeah, nice. Um, I'd recommend this. I've rewatched. I think I've rewatched this like some movies like in pieces. Like I'll be like, I want to see that section. Um. Usually it's the tripods coming up from the ground. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, recommend it. I've rewatched it. Um, I gave it a three and a half out of ten, or out of five um, stars, but I think I'd give it like a 6.5 out of ten. I wouldn't quite give it a seven, but I think 6.5 doesn't feel too harsh to me. But there are, there are points of this that I would give like an 8 or an 8.5, maybe even. Like, Tripod's coming out, that's like 10 out of 10. Like, like I would say there's a solid like half hour, 45 minutes that is like 9 out of 10. To Do you 10 like when 10. the person with a VHS camera gets zapped immediately? Yeah, and no, like VHS unironically, camera. yes. It's so <laughs> fucking awesome. Yeah, never start recording the alien invasion because you'll get zapped. Yeah. Um, all right. I'm sort I my last thought is why do the aliens start with zapping them and then later they're like we're going to eat you. Um that's that's another thing where I'm like that's not consistent. Like it's done just so that we can have a set piece where they get picked up by the aliens and then he can explode them. Yeah. Well, I guess maybe they're Turning them into the red, like, like the roots somehow. I don't really understand the utility of the roots. Maybe Nor I. I can't really figure that out. Which, and I'm kind of, I, I kind of wish they just didn't even try to. I like, I like the iconography of it. I like it when he goes outside the house and it's all red. And it yeah. looks sort of like Tim Burton-y. Like, yeah. it looks really cool. I, I like how that looks. Um, I don't even know what the next movie we're covering is. Well, Trent, is we've it, we did an interview for it very recently. Oh, it is it that is Valentine's Day coming that quick? It is. Uh, we're is, splitting is, it into is two love, parts. Is love in the air? Oh, we're splitting it into two parts. Love, love is in the air. Um, and we're there's a lot of things I love about you, Trent. There's also a lot of things I don't love. Mm, how many? Um, how and many what do I feel? Do you, how many things do you? dislike about me there's a lot of things i dislike about you but things i hate mm. i'd say probably only Could 10. you narr- you've narrowed it down to a list yeah 10 
Thanks. Um, we are talking 10 things I hate about you guys. Well, we are not. Um, me and Trent are not. Well, we did. We talked about it with someone who worked on the film. Someone yes. critical to its creation. It's the um, cinematographer, guys. The, the, yes. Um, Mark Irwin. He was cool. Also, the DP on Scream and Robocop 2. Bunch of cool movies. Super interesting guy. Yeah. Scary um, Movie 3. Maybe his best work. Yes, but we'll be chatting with our with about romantic movies with our romantic others. partners, partners, significant. Whoa, others. partners! That's interesting. Um, well, um, so yeah, it'll be a little bit of a weird month, but you'll get some new voices. Yeah. So next week it's going to be part one of our interview with Mark Irwin, cinematographer of Ten Things I Hate About You. And uh, after that, we have another movie that Sophia and I will be talking about, but uh, we haven't done the interview for it yet, guys. No. Sorry to say. Um, but we will. I promise. Hopefully. Okay. All right, um, Parth. Well, um, oh, where do you think the people at home should find us? And what should they do if they do find us? And how I found that the best tell, way. How should they communicate to other people to find us? I found that you can actually uh, listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, Pandora, whatever you really? listen. Yes. Really? Wherever you get your podcasts. Wherever you get your podcasts. And on this podcast, if you rate us five stars out of ten and where you're where applicable, give us a review. I found We'd that that is helpful. That. <laughs> I've also found that we are on Instagram and Twitter. Mm. Um, and you can sort of find us there. And and if anyone out there has any friends and can, <clears throat> considers themselves one of our friends, they should tell one of their friends about us. If you consider yourself friendless, just listen to the episode multiple times. Uh, mm. We found that is helpful as well. Play a bunch of different podcast episodes at the same time, and it'll be like you're at a party. Yeah. Be like you're at a instead cool of, hangout with your favorite friends. Instead of spending some time trying to get other friends just hang out with the ones you already know barth and trent yeah yeah we have the same conversation over and over again but yeah but isn't that friendship wow um yeah more than you know um all right it's and with that being said it's it's been a while i think it's time it's, we end it's the episode. clobbering it's clobbering time yeah can you end it with the i'm not paying for those you're late <laughs> Yeah, I can. From the moment the invaders arrived, breathed our air, ate, and drank, they were doomed. They were undone, destroyed, after all of man's weapons and devices had failed, by the tiniest creatures that God and his wisdom put upon this earth. By the toll of a billion deaths, man had earned his immunity his right to survive among this planet's infinite organisms. And that right is ours against all challenges, for neither do men live nor die in vain.